Hi, my name is Kirk Hamilton, your host of the Staying Healthy Today Show. This is a show where we bring you key experts in the fields of nutrition, prevention, integrative and lifestyle medicine, review the medical literature, and we review case studies. Today's show topic is how to get through menopause naturally and without hormones. Our guest today is Dr. Christine Horner. She's a board-certified plastic surgeon, author, health advocate, natural medicine expert who has a passion to help women have radiant health. She's also the best-selling author of Waking the Warrior Goddess, Dr. Christine Horner's program to protect and fight against breast cancer, and most recently, Radiant Health, Ageless Beauty, Dr. Christine Horner's 30-day program to extraordinary health, beauty, and longevity. And that was released in March of 2016? That's correct. Well, welcome, Christine. I know you've been traveling around, and is it promoting your book or just promoting things? (laughs) (laughs) Well, how about promoting my book and the information in my book that can be (laughs) life-saving? All right, that's great. Well, I just want to jump right into it because, uh, you know, menopause is a big thing, and bioidentical hormones are a big thing, and you're a specialist and a believer in using natural methods, and I want to get your expertise on that subject. So let's start off. What does menopause mean to you? How did you define menopause? Well, menopause is a natural transition where a woman's hormonal uh, status changes by her ovaries not producing like they were, you know, all the different hormones and ovulating, and so it's just kind of this natural shift, you know, that women go through, and actually we were designed to to go through this transition very smoothly without any symptoms, and I learned about Ayurveda, the traditional system of medicine from India, uh, probably 20 years ago. I got introduced to it. And, and so the Indian doctors that had come to the United States to, you know, kind of help out here were absolutely in shock over the unbelievable amounts of symptoms and problems that women have, not only with menopause, but also with just, you know, normal menstrual periods, but, you know, particularly with menopause, because in India, for example, they, they have very mild, you know, issues. And in Japanese, there's always the famous, you know, quote where they didn't have a word for hot flash because they just didn't have them. So Ayurveda, you know, looks at our bodies as something that each of us has to uh, keep in balance. And there's about nine different body types, you know, they recognize that it's not a cookbook, you know, one size fits all kind of a thing. But if you do the things that helps to keep your body into balance, it will enhance your body's inner healing intelligence which can help to keep you well if you do things that take your body out of balance, then it obstructs the flow of that inner healing intelligence, and your inner healing intelligence can't keep you well then. And so kind of fundamentally, the way that they look at individuals who are having you know, problems with menopausal symptoms is that it's an accumulation of imbalances that has occurred you know, throughout their lifetime. And once you hit you know, the age of menopause, it's kind of like your body doesn't have the ability anymore to, to rebalance itself and keep, and keep you asymptomatic. But the, the wonderful thing about it is that they're actually able to look at each individual and go, okay, here are the things. We look at you holistically as far as, you know, diet and lifestyle. And if you make a few changes with that, it's sometimes almost magical about how fast menopausal symptoms can go away. So you mentioned two cultures, uh, India and Japan. And are you ta- you're obviously talking about the unprocessed lifestyle, so to speak, maybe in a rural area or before before they become industrialized and move to cities. Is that correct? I mean, is... Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, that's totally correct. So, you know, people, before the Western culture <laughs> came in, 
you know, they were actually kind of living intuitively more in harmony with how, you know, you, you should live. So, you know, you find that, you know, all the things that we know that are the healthy kind of diet and lifestyle approach, so really minimizing, you know, red meat, processed foods, you know, white sugar, you know, sugar, you know, period, and then, you know, replacing that with having organic, freshly grown fruits, vegetables, and whole grains, that's the, you know, diet that is really going to supply you with all the nutrients that you need. Those are the same things that are going to lower your risk of virtually every single chronic disease and will also help to balance your, you know, your hormones and enhance your uh, experience of, you know, going through menopause smoothly. You know, exercising, going to bed by 10 o'clock at night turns out to be a huge influential factor because um, there's all these hormones that will, all sorts of different ones from, you know, cortisol to melatonin, our sleep hormone, but they're, they're rising and falling throughout the day and throughout the night. And if you go to bed by 10 o'clock, the hormones levels will be optimal. If you go to bed after 10 o'clock, they're not. And if you stay up to midnight on a regular basis, they found that the hormones get so out of whack that the incidence of heart disease, diabetes, obesity, and certain cancers like breast cancer almost double from doing that. So simply going to bed earlier, I mean, I've had many women where they, you know, come to me and describe, you know, these uncomfortable menopausal symptoms that they have, like hot flashes, and the first thing they did, I said, go to bed before, you know, 10 o'clock if I determine that's one of the things that's throwing their hormones out of balance, and so, you know, they'll say, I started going to bed before 10 o'clock and my hot flashes went away. One of the things I, I was, I've heard before, and um, is that in industrialized countries, for many of the reasons you said, are the hormones or estrogens generally higher? We eat more meat-based diet and things like that. And so then what happens is the drop is greater because after menopause, most of our hormones come from our adrenal glands, which are theoretically fried from the Western lifestyle. So we have a greater drop or change in hormones. Does that make any sense? Not quite. So, so the ovaries in a woman produces uh, estradiol, which is the strongest, most abundant form of estrogen and with every menstrual period there's a, a release of this estradiol so there's a you know surge of the estradiol that occurs so at menopause the ovaries stop producing estradiol but what happens is your fat cells actually take over they become a factory for estrogen so the heavier you are the more fat you have the higher your estrogen levels are going to be and but it's a different kind of estrogen it's called estrone so it's a, a weaker form of estrogen than what estradiol is, but you also have some estrogen that's produced in minute amounts and muscle tissue and, you know, some other places. So it's not like after menopause you have no, you know, estrogen production or production at all. So, um, and then there's all sorts of kinds of shifts that occur during menopause where actually, you know, you think of estrogen levels going down, but originally, you know, what happens in the early kind of perimenopausal period is that the, the estrogen levels actually go up in relationship to progesterone, those are kind of the two, you know, major hormones and, you know, feminine hormones, we'll say. So then some of the symptoms, you know, that you get like breakouts and weight gain and bloating is related to too much progesterone compared to the estrogen. So it's a little trickier, you know, than, than um, you know, some really simplistic model with that. But Anyway, uh, you know, the, the other factor that really, you know, comes into play is that we have so many chemicals um, that are what we call estrogen mimickers. So they will behave like estrogen in the body, hook onto the estrogen receptor and 
you know, some cases they're like way more powerful than what natural estrogen is. And this can be in the, there's so many different things that are, you know, have these estrogenic qualities to them. They could come in the form of plastic. So this is why you shouldn't microwave, you know, with plastic because bisphenol A and, and phthalates that will, you know, come out and they're associated with an increased risk of breast cancer. Um, they have heavy metals, the mercury fillings in your mouth, aluminum, of course, pesticides, herbicides, cosmetics. You know, have things that, so you can just go on and on and on, and there's so many different chemicals that will have this kind of estrogenic effect in the human body, and so this is adding to the estrogen load, we'll say, to to the the you know, female body, and then, you know, just our bad diet, you know, is another thing, because if you're eating lots of plants, the fiber uh, will actually bind excess estrogen and help to eliminate it out of the body, and if you're eating mostly a fast food, junk food kind of diet, then you don't have that fiber in your diet, and it, it allows your estrogen levels to get higher, you know, too. So let's let's say someone comes in, and they haven't lived a nice preventive lifestyle of processed foods, and and whole grains and lean animal food if they're going to eat it and and then they come in and they're just in the throes of terrible hot flashes i I know you have to do an overall treatment but are there some specific things someone Uh can do right now for hot flashes sure so you know that there's this one saying that's one of my all-time favorite things is that you can mop the floor but you'll never get it dry unless you turn the faucet (laughs) off first (laughs) So the, the thing that happens with supplements and herbs and, you know, natural products that can be used to help to balance hormones is that notoriously they don't work very well unless you stop doing the things that are creating your imbalances. And that's actually how they were designed to be used. So like in Ayurveda, when they do a consultation with you, they do, they look at your whole diet and lifestyle. And the very first thing that they do is they prescribe for you the dietary changes, what you need to avoid, then things that you need to favor, and then the lifestyle. And the last thing that they do is then prescribe the herbs because the herbs don't work very well unless, you know, like I said, you're, you're turning off that faucet. <laughs> so what I do is I meet with a woman and go very comprehensive, you know, consultation with them and go through their whole, you know, kind of history and diet lifestyle. Stress, you know, plays a huge role. Relationships, you know, turn out to be like the most influential factor and and uh, relationship stress is if it's bad stress <laughs> that is really the worst stress that can affect the human body and all of that you know affects you know your hormone balance too so I look at everything you know within their life and then it's pretty obvious you know where I can say oh okay your problem is you know you're eating like way too much sugar you need to you know stop doing that oh you're staying up too late at night you need to like go to bed early but I you know, kind of look at a plan that's very individualized for them based on the things that I know that are specifically contributing to their imbalances. And like I said, within a couple weeks, it's kind of amazing that once you do some corrections of that, it's the human body never ceases to amaze me about how little you can do, and it just has such a huge response, you know, to it when you when you start to do some healthy things. 
Now, there are some, you know, there's actually a number of herbs from around the world. I mean, basically every culture is, you know, have some herbs that they've helped for uh, feminine and hormonal balances. And, and, you know, there's been lots and lots of research that have been done on these various different herbs. So we do know that can get help from uh, taking some herbal supplements, flax seeds, for instance, flax seed lignans are a, a component of flax seeds that can help to give, like, structure to the cell wall, but it's been found to have all these different properties in it that not only help to lower your risk of breast cancer, but it's also been shown to help to balance feminine hormones, and that includes minimizing PMS-type symptoms and then helping with uh, hot flashes and mood swings and vaginal dryness and, you know, some of the other uncomfortable symptoms, you know, that occur. So that's a food, we'll call it, uh, but there's also all sorts of different kinds of herbs, you know, that have been found to be, you know, helpful as far as balancing hormones. So uh, here in the United States, the Native Americans used a root called black cohosh, and the German Commission E has proved it for menstrual discomfort and hot flashes, mood swings, anxiety, vaginal dryness. And, and the great thing about black cohosh is it doesn't, uh, work through an estrogenic, you know, pathway, and it's completely safe, you know, for people who have had breast cancer, and in fact, it has anti-cancer effects, you know, to it too, and has even been shown to, like, enhance the effectiveness of tamoxifen, and, you know, so it is um, a safe thing to take. Maca, which is kind of a popular superfood, uh, is from the Andes, and it's actually a, it's a root vegetable, and it actually falls under the cruciferous family, and that's been used for hormonal imbalances and menstrual irregularities and menopausal symptoms, you know, for years and years in that uh, culture. It doesn't contain any plant hormones, but works kind of by balancing the, the endocrine system. And then there's, you know, all sorts of, you know, ones, uh, other ones that are a little bit less effective, like chaste tree berry uh, or vitex is what it's called, dong kwai, which is, um, you know, a Chinese herb. And some of these, what they found is that if you take them in combination, you actually get much better effects than if you just take one isolated herb, you know, by itself. So you're, I get the lifestyle thing. The couple other ones that I want to focus on, so vaginal dryness in elderly female, very difficult. Uh-huh. I, mean, I, I mean, it's easy yeah. if you give them hormones, but how do you do that if somebody walks into you, they don't want to take hormones and they're uh-huh. 65 right. and they're uh-huh. complaining of vaginal dryness? What do you suggest? Right. So there's all sorts of, you know, studies that have been done on, you know, these various different herbs. So black cohosh can have some benefit. Maca, you know, has some benefit with it. Flax lignans, um, you know, have, have been shown to have some benefit. Definitely making sure that you are well hydrated and that you consume healthy fats is extremely important, too. I mean, as we get older, the human physiology, and this is recognized by Ayurveda, too, but we have a tendency for our bodies to naturally want to be to dry. And so eating things that are high in omega-3 fatty acids, taking, and I think it's crucial to take omega-3 fatty acids, you know, supplements for for optimal health, but that helps to kind of keep your cell membranes super healthy and flexible and uh, avoid some of that dryness. One of the things that they found with, with 
we call it mucosa, which is the lining. It's like a skin lining, uh, and, and that can be in the mouth, but it's also like in the, you know, in the v- vagina, is that omega-7 fatty acids, so this is kind of a specialized fatty acid that pertains to the health of the skin. It's found in high levels in a plant called sea buckthorn, and uh, you can get this, you know, as a supplement. But what they found is that when you have any kind of, like, injury or irritation to the skin, there's, like, alarm signals that go off, and it kind of calls in omega-7, omega-7 fatty acids to heal that area. And so they've done a lot of research on the omega-7 fatty acids and C-buxorin in you know, particular, and they found that it's incredibly healing to mucosal membranes and, you know, can help with your skin and skin wrinkling and, and so forth, too. But um, that's, you know, something that can be um, extremely beneficial. And then you can do some topical things. So there's... Um, they found that uh, calendula, for instance, which is a flower, has very soothing effects for, for your skin and for wound healing. And so there's actually products that are available that you can use as a topical. And, and that helps, you know, to quiet down that, you know, irritation. And So calendula you would use vaginally? Is that what you're yes. saying? Uh-huh. Anything, mm-hmm. el- yeah. any, anything else that somebody would, you know, if they could just, they needed something for lubrication? On, on, on quickly. <laughs> uh, it's a natural coconut oil. coconut oil to me is like one of the best things you can use too because it's, you know, just an excellent lubricant and it's, you know, you get organic coconut oil. It's like it's not toxic and it has healing effects and, you know, okay. yeah. How about sexual drive? In, in, I mean, I know it's a total package, but is there, are there anything right. in, in particular that, that seemed to help or particular lifestyle issues that seem to help, besides a good relationship, of course. (laughs) (laughs) I want to say that's the most important thing, because the number one reason that women have a low libido is because they don't like their husbands and they're mad at them. (laughs) But, yeah, really, meet someone new and all of a sudden you get a libido again. How did that happen, right? So that, to me, that's the most important thing, you know, is to really look at that. I mean, how's the relationship and everything, because things can change drastically, you know, from that. You know, otherwise, it's like, again, it all has to do with balance feminine hormones, all these, you know, kinds of herbs or things that, you know, can be a benefit. If you do things that like uh, herbal adaptogens, for instance, have been known to help with, you know, libido. So like ashwagandha, which is an Ayurvedic herb uh, known to help against stress and fatigue and, and ginseng, you know, is another one from the Chinese and and maca, you know, is another one that's, you know, from the Andes, which is known to help with uh, libido. So like I said, Many of these different herbs can be beneficial, but, you know, the most important thing is <laughs> your relationship. And, of course, you know, everything with your lifestyle. I mean, if you're exhausted and if you're stressed out, you're not going to have much of a libido. So, you know, if you do effective stress-reducing techniques like meditation and go to bed on time, you're going to probably feel a whole lot better. Yeah. How about cognitive issues? How do you help the postmenopausal female protect their brains Tremendous fear of you know mm-hmm. cog- trem- tremendous fear of cognitive decline. In fact, I think that's probably the biggest fear of all my patients is you know losing their mind, so to speak. So uh-huh. right. uh, immediate cognitive clarity and then also protection for the long run. Any thoughts? Sure. So you know everything's interrelated. So again, it's kind of like. All the things that make you healthy, which, you know, I have in my book, Radiant Healthy, (laughs) those are the same things that will lower your risk of developing, you know, every single kind of chronic disease, which includes dementia, you know, and Alzheimer's. So 
you know, getting enough sleep, reducing your stress, exercising, eating a diet that's high in plants. I mean, all those things are, you know, extremely important. And there are certain herbs that, you know, can be beneficial for, you know, cognition. Um, I definitely, you know, think doing the omega-3 fatty acids that we just talked about, they, they did all these studies on omega-3s and, and other uh, anti-inflammatory type foods. And there was this one study that did a comparative with it. And they found that of all the different substances that they tested, omega-3 fatty acids had the highest uh, amount of uh, anti-inflammatory properties. So it's really the most powerful anti-inflammatory. Plus, as I said, it allows your membrane function to, to uh, be, you know, optimal. And, you know, our brains are composed of a huge amount of fat. <laughs> Some have fatter brains than others, right? But, you know, all of our cells are lined with fat. All of our nerves are lined with fat. So uh, there's really kind of a revolution going on right now about the, you know, looking at our diet where we went through this crazy stuff of, you know, the low-fat diet and then, you know, replaced it with sugar and now we have, you know, the severe obesity epidemic and, you know, increase in all these different chronic diseases. But so now what the research is showing, and there's a lot of information out now, like on the internet and and the research, uh, you know, that's being conducted, but, you know, what we're understanding now is that um, a diet that is fairly high in fat, but healthy fats, is actually considered the best diet that we can have. And eating healthy fats does not make you fat. In fact, what they find is that people who are eating these larger amounts of the omega-3 fatty acids and olive oils and things like that, that their weight goes down. And then, you know, you just get much more optimal function of your, your cells. And, and that's, you know, considered one of the best approaches for, for brain health. And, you know, avoiding, you know, there's a, you know, the brain, uh, grain, or grain brain, you know, book that, you know, is getting a lot of attention now, too, where it's just like, okay, well, gluten and carbs and things are, it's not that they just make you fat, but they're just incredibly pro-inflammatory, which, you know, is, is extremely damaging to your whole body and especially your brain. So, you know, you can, like I said, through, uh, you know, change, doing these diet and lifestyle changes. You can. Let me ask you about the fats then. So you're sure. you're taking omega-3 fats in, in your flaxseed and you're not convinced that they could converted the alpha-linolenic acid to the EPA and DHA. Is that why you're having to supplement above and beyond that, in your opinion? Uh, from taking flax well flax is a, yeah flaxseed is an alpha it has alpha linolenic acid in it and, and a chemistry yes, uh-huh, and in a yeah, chemistry uh-huh. table it'll get converted to EPA DHA but uh-huh. people think that that doesn't happen very well so you're talking about supplementing with EPA and DHA correct when you say healthy fats um, you know what so here's the deal no and I talk I flaxseed oil is perfectly fine too so I know that there's a whole controversy you know with it and it's like okay if you're getting into the minute chemistry oh it's got to change maybe it doesn't do that well blah 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 but you know if you look at the studies that um, have people supplementing with flaxseed oil they have profound you know statistically significant improvements in their health so you know to me I'm just looking does it work does it not you know and not get uh, bogged down with the, you know, the changes in the chemistry, I, you know, but like I said, flaxseed oil works, there's thousands of studies, it shows that it's extremely beneficial, I'm a um, vegetarian, so I don't do fish oil, I okay. do, I do flax oil, All that's right. what I do, yeah. And you don't take a vegan EPA DHA, you just stick with flax oil? Mm-hmm, yeah, okay. that's what that's I do. Okay, that's, yeah. that's what I wanted to get clear. Yeah. 
Well, I was just going to say flax lignans, which are different from the oil. So if you, you know, most of the time the oil doesn't, is when it's processed, 98% of the lignans are taken out, they can add it in. But the best way to get it is, you know, through the flax seeds or there's some supplements that um, actually have flax lignans in them. But that's one thing that's been shown to help with, you know, menopausal brain fog is the flax lignans. And one thing I wanted to ask you about your grains. You talked about whole grains being good. So are you talking about just leaving wheat out or are you talking about, you just made a, Two statements. The f- first one, you said oh, you want yeah. to have whole, you want to have whole grains in your diet. Then you went in and and got into the brain the grain brain thing and said, you know right. that throw them out. So you got to clarify for me. Uh-huh. You, you eat whole grains. Sure, correct? sure, sure. Right. So you know, there's all sorts of studies that show that people who are eating organically grown whole grains and nuts and seeds that they have a significant reduction in in chronic disease. Then we have the recent, you know, book, like I said, The Green Brain, that's showing, oh, you know, he's saying that there's inflammatory problems. So the main thing we're looking at now is that the way that the grains that are mass-produced, that is a completely different plant than what it was, you know, originally where it's organically grown and, and you use the entire, you know, whole grain part of it. So... I think it's an area where there's some controversy and it's not super clear. I think we're, we're seeing, you know, evidence for, for both, um, you know, kind of pathways that are occurring with it. But so, you know, I just think that can see how your own body reacts with it because I think some people, you know, do well with it and other people don't. But you definitely don't want to do process and you definitely want to avoid, you know, that are not organic. And I personally kind of stick with seeds uh, like quinoa and Amaranth, which you know are kind of lumped under grains, but they're actually seeds and they're super high in protein. And talk about for a second: is there ever a case to give postmenopausal hormone replacement? Yeah. So if somebody has surgical menopause, so they just went in, they had their ovaries removed, they go into like sudden severe menopause, and for those individuals, you have to give them hormones. And the idea is to, if at all possible, which it usually is, because like I said, your fat cells, you know, produce estrogen and other uh, tissues in your body to a smaller amount. But the idea to minimize any kind of um, side effects with it is to uh, start out with it and then, you know, for a maximum of about two years, it looks like it's, you know, can be completely safe, you know, for those individuals. And then, you know, I definitely recommend that people then really make an effort towards all the diet and lifestyle changes that will, you know, really bring their body into balance. They can start taking some of these, you know, herbs and then gradually taper off, you know, their hormones after, you know, they've been on them for several years. But those folks really, really, you know, have to have, you know, supplemental hormones. Now, there's rare cases where even when people do all the healthy diet and lifestyle changes that they will still have problems, Uh, but it's pretty rare. So there's an Ayurvedic uh, doctor friend of mine, uh, Dr. Nancy Lonsdorf, and she's in practice in Fairfield, Iowa, but she's written several books and called Ageless Woman, I think was her, her last one, which is really talking about, you know, what you do from an Ayurvedic approach to help to balance, you know, the hormones, and that's her specialty, basically, is working with people with women with hormonal problems, and so she said, you know, within about two weeks, most people, even with really severe symptoms, 
uh, their symptoms pretty much go away when you, you know, do the approach of looking at, okay, what's your diet and lifestyle and let's, you know, see where those imbalances, your main imbalances are coming from and to correct those. But there are, she said, in her experience too, very rare instances where somebody, even despite doing all those things, may, you know, still have, you know, some severe symptoms and they may need to have some hormones too. Can you uh, spell and say her name again, please? The, your doctor oh, Dr. Nan- uh, Nancy Lonsdorf, L-O-N-S-D-O-R-F. And that was in Iowa? Yeah, she's in Fairfield, Iowa. That's where the, you know, the Transcendental Meditation, okay. you know, community yeah, is. Yeah, but she's, she's just extraordinary. And as I said, her book, The Ageless Woman, which is a natural health and beauty after 40. And um, she really does a great job, you know, kind of describing the Ayurvedic approach with it. But, that, you know, that's her specialty. So, okay. you know, and like I said, she's, she has the same philosophy that I do, that you try to avoid hormones, uh, if at all possible, <laughs> and uh, really look at correcting the imbalances that are, you know, causing the, the symptoms. Uh, Christine, how do people get a hold of you and your, your website? Sure. Yeah, so my website is drchristinehorner.com. That's D-R-C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E-H-O-R-N-E-R.com. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's the best way to get a hold of me. You know, I have a free newsletter on there for the folks can sign up for, and I also have, you know, Facebook page and Twitter account, too, so you can kind of keep up with all my comings and goings, and I also offer consultations for women who primarily are people who uh, are early uh, breast cancer uh, diagnosis to help them with an integrative approach or, you know, to help them with menopausal symptoms as well. All right, Dr. Horner, uh, thanks so much for taking your Saturday morning with me, and again, thanks so much for being here. Okay, you're welcome. My pleasure. And I want to thank you, the audience, for listening to this edition of the Staying Healthy Today show. It's up on iTunes, on my website, stayinghealthytoday.com. I'll talk to you soon, and you have a fabulous day.